This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast for, should I say, the most impressive win of the Illini season, 75-60, to 60, number 12 Illinois dominates, number 19 Wisconsin, and what is a huge game in the Big Ten race and scoping out for Illinois. This will get them back into the top 10. You just wonder how many spots they get up in the, in the top 10. Uh, but dominating really from start to finish, Derek Piper. We have history with Iowa Jusumu, uh, the first triple-double in 20 years for Illinois. The, uh, only the third in program history. Just a dominant performance by an All-American first-teamer. I think I'm, I'm willing to almost etch that in stone right now. But Iowa Jusumu has 23 points, a career high, or 21 points, career high 12 rebounds, career high 12 assists. Uh, dominated from the start, but Kofi Coburn almost as dominant with 23 points and 14 rebounds and eight dunks. Uh, that is one of the best duos in college basketball, one of the best duos in Illini history. Uh, but Derek, this is just a monster win uh, with some historic performances in it. But uh, if, if you're an Illinois fan, you feel like this is the team we all thought they could be. This is the national champion level of basketball, final four level of basketball. Then if you play Baylor, Gonzaga, whatever, that's going to be very difficult. But this is a team that can compete with those teams. It seems like it's, it's starting to come together. Yeah, this is what those dream, preseason dreams and visions were made of when you think about Iowa coming back and playing like the best guard in college basketball, uh, to pair Kofi with him, and just the way they operated together and, and just – tore apart a Wisconsin team that was top 10 in the country in defensive efficiency and you're playing a a home game in February against the Badgers with meaningful circumstances at the top of the Big Ten and and a chance to not only get closer to Michigan and and really legitimize that league title chase whenever the Wolverines come back but also you look at their net rankings it's their seventh quad one win their fourth in the net going into this game they're in a legit conversation for a number one seed as long as they continue to trend this direction. So we've seen the defense to hold Wisconsin to 60. Uh, I know Wisconsin had something to do with that, with the way they shot the three. But uh, after the Indiana game late, what they did to Iowa in the final stretch of that game, the defense is coming around. And then for your two best players to just completely dominate uh, is really exciting for the way they're trending. And another Brownerwood team that's heading in the right direction at this time. It's good when you get to compare yourself a little to Tom Izzo with the way these teams are trending uh, towards the end of the season, playing their best ball. Joey Wagner, thoughts on a huge win for Illinois? I mean, it's exactly what Derek said. The defense has just been really good. I think Kofi's been just an incredible part of that. He, he, he walls up down there and just stops so much from happening. But you look at the way they rebounded, 46-19. to 19. It's not like Wisconsin's a small team. I mean, they've got some big guys out there, and it just wasn't even close. I mean, Two offensive rebounds the entire game for Wisconsin. I, you know, like, try to do that. I mean, it's just nothing there. And the guards, Brad Underwood, Iota Sumu, Kofi, they all told us that 
this has been an emphasis for guards to get in there, crash the glass, and they really rounded this out. This was it's the best game we've seen from them in a while. And I guess Iowa. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, but this is the best game we, I think we've seen Iowa DeSumo play in his time here, and he's had some really, really good ones. Iowa last year, I thought, was outstanding, but a triple-double doesn't happen very often. The guy called a shot. It's just a great performance. Yeah, he said he called the shot uh, pregame with uh, some of his teammates, but I don't know how much more we can say about Io. We all thought he could have this kind of special season, but now that we're actually like witnesses to it, you have to put it in perspective. Um, no line I has ever averaged 20 points, six rebounds, four assists in program history that I've been able to find. Uh, he's doing that plus some <laughs> with those stats. His scoring average is top 10 in program history with more than 21.7 points per game. His rebound average is higher than three teams uh, here recently, the 17, 18, and 19 team leaders. His assist average is highest for Illini in 10 years. Um, this is one of the best Illinois basketball seasons we've ever seen. And last year when we didn't have a tournament and we made that bracket, Derek, of like the best players, I gave Iowa number four seed. And that was just with two years without an NCAA tournament appearance. And he felt like if he came back, He's going to be in a two or a one. He certainly has put himself in that conversation. I mean, we're seeing one of the best seasons and one of the best players that, that's worn orange and blue. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's going to find his jersey up there in the rafters here one day. And he's already, if we just cut it short right now, which no one, no one wants to do that. We, we had that last year. Let's not do that. I'll knock on wood, wherever that is. Uh, in the conversation with D, Darren, Frank, Derek Harper, just – Kendall Gill, the best guards ever played here. And there are a lot of really, really good ones. And if he parlays what he's already done and takes his team on a really deep run in the NCAA tournament, he's an even more select company than that. So, uh, yeah, the fact that he's coming back, he's doing what he said he would do and elevating this program even further and elevating his draft stock. Now considered, depending on where you look, ESPN, high second round. I think the Athletic has him as a late first-round pick. He's doing it all, and today operating that pick and roll was as good as he's been. I know he had a couple; of, he had seven turnovers, but uh, just the the complete overall performance, and he was in control from the very beginning. And uh, to respond af after the Indiana game where he struggled and, and play it at this high of a level, it's when he's like that. It, Illinois is incredibly tough to beat. Yeah, Joey, he's doing everything he said he would, uh, and he's doing everything he needed to do, um, not only to solidify the legacy here at Illinois, one of the all-time greats like we're talking about, but to help his NBA draft stock, right? I mean, it wasn't a given that, that he would raise it that much, but the way he's shooting, uh, the way he's rebounding, the way he's passing the ball, the way he's defending, and we should give him credit there, too. He was part of the reason Illinois kept Wisconsin a 4 of 24 from 3. Now, Potter and some of those other guys just missed some open shots but the guards I mean Davison barely had any room to operate you know Trice had, a, had to you know penetrate for most of the night and didn't get many threes Iowa deserves a, a lot of credit for that too but he's just taking his game to to another level well there's been a lot of times where Brad has told us like yeah if you challenge Io, he's going to do it or if Io says what it's something he's going to do something in practice he does it and you know you kind of think okay well you know we don't get to see practice so sure but then he says it, and he says, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to put myself in these conversations where he felt he belonged. And he has done every bit of that. I mean, he – I don't know that the – Indiana notwithstanding, I don't know that there's been a game where you thought, ah, well, didn't really see or hear much from him. He's had – whether it be scoring or rebounds or – defense has really taken a big, big leap. And he's doing all that, and the shooting's a big deal. I mean, that was a knock 
there's been a knock on the, the kid since he was at Morgan Park High School from people that they just didn't know. And he heard it, and he's responding in a big way, and he, he was lethal. The, the way that he attacked everything, just in control. Like, the seven turnovers, yeah, they happened, but it's hard for me to point them out because it just didn't really feel like they were those, like, oh, boy, those, those are those are really rough. And you look like, oh, seven. That's not great, but you, you didn't really notice them in a game. And it's starting to feel like, boys, like Io has that, his shark sense of blood. Like, okay, now it's it's winning time. He does that in individual games. This is winning time of a season. Illinois is now nine and three in the Big Ten. They're the best, biggest threat right now to Michigan. Ohio State's in that conversation, nipping at Illinois' heels, and they have the one win over Illinois. But Illinois has got that killer, that closer, and it feels like Iowa knows that as part of the season as well. Uh, but I've been saying it on this pod for a while here, and he actually took the lead in our player grades here over Iowa here recently. Kofi Coburn, to me guys might be a first team all-american he at least deserves to be in that conversation but you know during those high major games Derek you even wrote about it that in non-conference play 13.6 rebounds it was like that's that's good compared to most post players but Kofi's a different animal and you know he's responded in a big way Brad Underwood wanted more out of him but he's now averaging 18 points and 11 rebounds during conference play how have you seen his game grow the most He's been incredible. He's clearly dominating games and wearing out big guys in a league where uh, there's some really good ones. You know, Micah Potter's not a bad player, but he was completely overwhelmed by just the physicality uh, and what Kofi was doing to him each and every possession. It's happening at both ends, and I think that's one thing that you really have to highlight first and foremost is defensively his ability to wall up, be physical, not foul, uh, and be able to move his feet. I mean, Illinois has one of the best two-point field goal percentage defenses in the Big Ten, largely because of Kofi and just his presence around the rim and not being able to get moved uh, off his spot uh, against post-ups. But uh, the ferocity that he's finishing with around the basket, uh, the drop step moves, just the, the, the stark difference between last year and this year was if you made him into a back-to-the-basket scorer last year, you were really able to limit him and slow him down, and he wasn't really going to hit you with a – he might hit you with a right hook, and he might go in 20% of the time. This year, he can go right hook, he can go left, he can drop step, he can dunk. He, he's just hurting you in so many different ways. And then when you don't have an answer for him in the pick and roll, when you can't have an obstacle between him and the rim – it's a free run, and Io's got great touch to throw it up there. It was Lob City today. Listen, I know, Joey, that Luca Garza, like it's already been written, feels like his the Big Ten Player of the Year trophy, the National Player of the Year trophy is already written in his name. But he hasn't had the best games the last couple games, and Iowa's lost a couple games. I, 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 you know, He's a great player, and he's deserving of all that recognition. But if, if that keeps happening with him in Iowa, um, Illinois has two players who are deserving of that recognition as well. So I still think – you know, Garza's going to win it, and he's deserving of it. But Kofi's put himself in that conversation along with Isle, and I think Illinois has the two of the three players in that discussion right now. That's pretty amazing. It really is, and Derek nailed it, the way that Kofi has emerged as this, I mean, it's just an absolute, again, he always has been this monster down low, That, but the way he's putting it all together, one of the things that I was really taken with today was he said, he said, Trace Jackson Davis dunked on me, and now people have to look out, and, and that's really, I, if I remember, the first time we've really seen Kofi or one of the few times come out and really fight out loud and say, no, this is, this is who I am. I know what I can do. And, and I don't think anyone ever thought, like, oh, you know, anything bad that he was laid back. For him to come out and 
that that says confidence. And Brad said that was a big thing with Kofi is confidence. That really for him to say, okay, this is where I'm at now. That says an awful lot to me. This team has a little bit of edge, right? Like Io took it personally that Brad said Garza was the best player in the, in the country, and now you have Kofi taking it personally that Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, and Trent with the the defensive player of the year, and their coach has edge, and I, I think that's that's what you want. And even if you don't like Fran McCaffrey, he's got an edge. But his team doesn't seem to have that quite yet outside of his son, I think. Connor is kind of the only one. And uh, I think they're uh, really missing, um, you know, some of their players there. But all right, uh, when we come back, let's talk about the rest of this game and what's next with the Michigan game officially postponed. We'll talk about that next on the Online Enquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Derek, one thing I think we got to credit is uh, Jacob Grandison, 4-0 now as a starter. Um, he's played really well. I think DeMonte Williams had his most impactful game in a long time. Um, five points, nine rebounds. He got back on the glass uh, tonight. Played really, really good defense. Trent Frazier wasn't great. One of seven from three, but hit a couple late in that game uh, to get them going. And again, was really good defensively. So, I, you know, and Adam Miller, I thought, you know, didn't have – a huge amount of points, six points, was two of four from three, though. And, again, I thought he played good defense. And, and Georgie off the bench I thought gave some good energy with seven points, two rebounds. He shouldn't be running the break uh, anymore. Um, but I, I thought all those guys, and, and Adam Miller kind of plays like a veteran, but all those veterans uh, did step up, and it feels like their roles are, are being pretty defined there. Shout out to Jacob Grandison for breaking Joey Wagner's losing streak. Someone had to step up and be able to, to answer the call there where Joey started 0-2. But, yeah, Grandison with his energy yet again. I uh, thought he did a pretty good job defending fours. And uh, one thing that Illinois did that was great was Adam Miller was cheating off his guy a lot to come down and uh, knock it out of the ball out of Potter's hands. He's very confident and comfortable at the defensive end. And that's something that's very, very encouraging. I'd still like to see a little bit more as far as uh, driving to the basket instead instead of just being a catch and shoot guy, but he, he knocks down two threes and plays with a lot of energy. Uh, that was good to see from him. Uh, anytime you, you look, Brad Davison goes 0 for five, and Trice had a decent game. I mean, 22, but uh, needed 18 shots. So some credit to Trent there for sure. Uh, but yeah, Georgie's energy has been great. Continues to progress further here, and that one moment transition was was a forgettable one, but. Uh, you really like the way that he's playing, the mentality that he has, the energy that he has. And DeMonte to give you nine rebounds off the bench in, in 22 minutes was, was pretty darn good. The only time this game was really starting to get interesting was when your freshman point guard 
played his worst game of the season. Andre Corbello had an awful, awful stretch where he had two turnovers, a really bad four shot, uh, and also gave up a, a Dimitri Trice three. And, and Dimitri Trice is really, really good, uh, but he just lost control. And it was for a prolonged stretch there. And Wisconsin took advantage with a 9-2 run, cut it to seven points. They never got closer because uh, Kofi Coburn and uh, Odesumu came back into the game, and, and Corbello never played again, didn't play for the final 13 minutes. The first time in his career, guys, he's played fewer than 10 minutes. And we saw the Brad Underwood, we saw his first two seasons, where he would unleash on, on some of his guys and say, this isn't acceptable. And he got after Andre Corbello, mostly Joey for his defense. How does Andre respond to that? It's going to be key because you, know, you could tell Chin was trying to be the good cop there and, and, and lift him up a little bit. But Iowa responded well. Kofi responds well to that. You need to see Andre do it. I think he will. But that's kind of the good and the bad of Andre Corbello, right? You know, we saw a little bit of his, his response today. I mean, Brad really went in on him, and Kofi sat across from him in the huddle, kind of put his hand under his chin and, and you know, keep that chin up. And, and Andre, took a, he took the words, and after that, Brad came over to him one-on-one, -on -one and this was it was a much more relaxed conversation and explaining what happened. And I think that Andre Corbello should get some credit for that. He, he sat there and continued to listen after he really really got let into. And then we saw he did go back one more time after that moment, and he was kind of joking around. DeMonte put him in a big bear hug, and Kofi did too. And it's just part of this growing. But I just thought that those moments where – he didn't, you know, freak out or lose it, and, and he accepted what was happening, and the guys around him said, hey, this is this is happening. And I thought that told me a lot about Andre Corbello. It really did. We've seen him do it in kind of weird, different other ways, where if he gets called for something, he'll go and talk to the ref, and he, he seemed very composed in his ability to understand criticism and how it can help him. So I think he'll respond, but yeah, this was this was not the best game we've seen from Andre Corbello, and those stretches, those stretches really hurt. Zero points, one assist, four turnovers in just eight minutes. But, but Derek, like early on in Brad's tenure, you wondered, you know, Mark Smith didn't respond well to that stuff. Some other players did. Io did. Trent did. DeMonte did. Now Kofi is. And to have those guys there to support him and say, hey, Brad's getting on you to get your attention, that this isn't acceptable, but then to love him up a little bit and learn from it. Um, that's what freshmen go through. I think we've seen that with Adam Miller at times. Brad's gotten on him just because he expects so much, and that's part of a, a winning culture too is, is Brad finding that happy medium with him. Yeah, that's a great point. When you establish that over the course of years and have veterans that have been through it and obviously have been made better by it, and they would even admit to that, uh, it allows that player then to say, okay, he, he has my best interest in mind, and um, we're, we're able to, to, to put it behind us and move on. But, yeah, that that is a stretch that he can't have uh, clearly against uh, a team like that or just in moments like this as we go down the stretch of this season. Um, four turnovers, travel, carry, threw a lob to nobody uh, under the rim, and Brad got after him. And he's got to be able to – I know that Andre is an aggressive guy. He's a gambler, uh, that kind of deal. He's got to be able to tap the brakes a little bit at times. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of what you and Joey said is true, that those guys can, can lift him up, and we've seen it before. And um, – I'm sure the Andre will be just fine. All right, guys. Don't know when we'll see Illinois play again. Could be 10 days from now. That's our next scheduled game against Northwestern. We've already gone through one of these just recently. 
but the Michigan game has officially been postponed. Michigan is supposed to get off this pause on Sunday uh, that uh, their own athletics department put on, but they postponed this game, and they're going to have to make this up. Uh, Michigan can't – I don't think there's anything nefarious, guys. Uh, I think they're trying to do what is right for their players and that – for whatever reason, they don't think three or four days is enough after two weeks off to be ready for a game. Um, is it? I don't know. But that's that's what it is. They need to play at some point, though, Illinois and Michigan. And uh, they need to make some games up. But Illinois also doesn't want to be off for, for 10 days. So you could tell Brad was saying people at the Big Ten office are, are, are smart about this and they know it. Um, you can tell, I, I think there's going to be pressure from Brad Underwood to say, we need to get a game schedule. We need to figure out how are we going to go about the rest of the season to get as many games as possible, as safely as possible. But also, how are we going to defend or how are we going to determine what the Big Ten championship is? And while you can read Brendan Quinn, who got some things from the Big Ten office, there still aren't a lot of answers there. And Derek, I'm wanting to hear from the Big Ten how they're going to do this, but how do you think they're going to do this? Are they going to scrap the schedule and, and reschedule it all? Are they going to try and, you know, just insert pieces here and there? Because Michigan State, uh, who Illinois needs to reschedule, they don't have many op opportunities until after this 10-day stretch for Illinois because they got four or five games in the next 12 days. Yeah, I think they have three in the next six or seven. And if they essentially want to play every other day, you can slot – I think there's a mo there's a day in there, whether it was Wednesday or even maybe in Thursday – slot Illinois to play uh, in East Lansing. One good thing for Michigan State is they're at home, I believe, for that entire stretch. It'll be interesting. And it really started yesterday when Brad was saying, hey, we're going to go to Ann Arbor and plan on it until someone tells us otherwise. The fact that he said they hadn't heard a whole lot of communication, even internally from the Big Ten office, was, was pretty discouraging. And it just seemed like Michigan has been the ones, they've been controlling the message. They've been able to feel like that they're calling the shots. And I'm not going to say – I can sit here and speculate as a foul play for them to say, hey, we're not ready. Hey, we're going to drop it during halftime after seeing Illinois go on. I'm just stirring the pot there right. uh, when, when Illinois play on that kind of a level. But. I mean, it does help them to not play Illinois after that long stretch. Listen, I, I think these are in-tune athletes that, that could play a game. Now, would they be, you know, great? No, probably would have a little bit of rust on them and – that's a concern for a team fighting for a Big Ten championship and a number one seed. So I get why fans' minds go that way. We just haven't – we've seen other teams have to come back. Penn State, as soon as they were cleared, played a bunch of games, played like four games in seven days or whatever it was. Uh, so there, there's some questions about how much the Big Ten, if at all, is going to push them to say, hey, you have no positive tests within your program as far as what's been reported, and it, it's time to play some games. And uh, it's going to be a, a really hectic stretch for them in particular down the, uh, in the final weeks, and it'll be interesting just to see how many of those games will actually be made up. But uh, Illinois definitely wants a shot because it's going to really matter as far as them really having a chance for that Big Ten title. When you wonder if they just delay the Illinois game a couple days, Joey, but I, I have no idea how they're going to go about this, but I, th I think it is discouraging the lack of answers even Brad Underwood has on that. I think that's a really bad sign. Look, if you're Brad Underwood, you're looking at your team who, and we got to put the caveat here that you can't really blame anybody for postponements. And it's not fair to say, well, Illinois has done everything right and they're still missing these games, but the reality is, is Illinois has been clear for this, and in a four-week stretch, they're going to have two separate 10-day breaks between games and that's that's just really tough to do in the middle of a season in February no less so you know, there, there should be maybe a little frustration before they postpone the game if I were Illinois 
I would have camped out at Michigan before I left there. I mean, this is a good time. If you, I mean, you hate to put it like that, but if you're Illinois, this would have been a really good time to get Michigan in terms of the way this race goes. But it's tough, and the Big Ten has not really offered much clarity, any clarity, and this is kind of a long-standing thing here for the last eight months with the Big Ten. Let's be honest. It's been a bad – it was a bad year for Kevin Warren, a bad first year on the job, and, you know, I, I don't know if we can sit there and go, the Alan Griffin suspension was the first sign, but it's like – the la- I mean, I know this is a very tough time to be a first-year commissioner, but the communication is – you can tell it's not the same and the the relationships that Jim Delaney had or even a Jim Phillips who's now the ACC commissioner that's not there I think Kevin Warren's a very bright guy I've been impressed by his introductory press conference but the actual you know doing the job he's been lacking and it looks like somebody who's building those relationships and is still trying to figure out how to do this job and I think that's been the frustrating thing there but for Illinois if you don't have another game here, Derek, or if you reschedule in Nebraska or Michigan State, it's a very winnable stretch of games, right? I mean, if, if you add one of those two teams to one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, two of the worst teams in the Big Ten right now, which is weird to say with Michigan State, you have Northwestern here next, you're at Minnesota, which has been a very tough place to play. They're, they're awful on the road, but great at home. Uh, then you have Nebraska again at home. I mean, you could start really cushioning your lead while some of these other teams, including Michigan, who's got a tough schedule once they actually start playing games again, some of these other teams have some tough stretches. So to get these wins over other Big Ten contenders like Iowa and Wisconsin, then to get a road win uh, against Indiana, you're starting to get this chance where you can start to add to your lead even if you don't play Michigan. Yeah, it's important to stack them up. And Michigan, we'll see who does get rescheduled, but they still haven't played Iowa. They still haven't played Ohio State. They still haven't played Illinois. Uh, so those games will be very challenging for them. will be opportunities for them to take a couple losses if you're looking at it from Illinois' perspective. So, uh, yeah, if you do slot in a Michigan State or a Nebraska and go on that favorable stretch, it's, it's again, a chance for you to, to stack them up. You're on a four-game winning streak, ties the longest of, of your season, and, and continue to build on that and continue to, to be in a position whenever you do see Michigan because let's – Let's hope that the Big Ten doesn't screw that up and not, not reschedule that game at all. i got to feel that they will. Um, there are reports that they're trying to at least get it to where every team plays the other once. Uh, so the, that, that matchup is inevitable, it seems like. So whenever that, that day comes that you're in position in the standings to have a chance to take advantage and, and maybe win a league title. Yeah, they need the tiebreakers, right? Like they, they have to find a way to crown a champion, and I think Brad was right the other day, Joey, that – they're just going to figure it out at the end. They're going to hope that it works out, that it's clear who the champion is, whoever's got the best winning percentage, has the most wins, uh, has the tiebreakers, all that stuff. So uh, we'll see. But uh, for Illinois, they've at least put themselves in great position to control their own destiny moving forward. You know what they say, the good way to run the conference is to kick the can down the road until you have to finally collect it here, which is exactly what they're doing. But look, the thing with your Illinois, this this layoff, you got to hope it doesn't happen. You survived the first one, right? You survived the gap between Penn State and Iowa, and now suddenly there's a swag. Uh, there had been a swag, but now it's it's rolling, right? You, you're four in a row. You beat Iowa. You beat Wisconsin. You don't want to try to work through another ten day stretch here. And Big Ten has just got to come in and help them out in some capacity. And look. We're getting down to the back end of this thing. This isn't going to be comfortable for everybody. That was a, kind of the unwritten sign-off here when this decided to go forward. Is there's going to have to be some concessions. It's not always going to be comfortable. The goal is to be safe. You want to be safe. You don't want to 
have these guys playing back-to-back. I mean, you, you've got to be smart about how you do it. But this is the way this is going to have to be here. That's the cost of doing business if you want to play college basketball and if you want to win a league championship is you've got to make some concessions along the way. There's, there's a lot at stake with banners and all that too. So once you take care of that first priority of safety, I mean, there's, there's coaches' salaries on the line. There's uh, players' legacies, all of that stuff. And it's what these guys compete for. So the conference is – Got to have answers for this, so we await their answers to that. All right, boys, before we get out of here, Super Bowl Sunday, I need your picks. Chiefs, Bucks, Derek Piper, who you got? I'm rolling with the Bucks, my friends. Tom Brady with his best assortment of weapons he's ever had. Uh, some injury concerns on the Chiefs' uh, offensive line. I like that Bucks defense can get after the passer. Uh, I think it's a high-scoring game, really entertaining game. It's I wish Joey's Aaron Rodgers was in there for him, but uh, uh, this is a great consolation prize and high-scoring game. Bucks win at home. Joey, who you got? The fighting Nick Allegretti's, man. There's just too much. The Chiefs have way too much. They have the best quarterback in the game. It's hard to – I know the Bucks defense is out of this world. They broke me twice. But the Chiefs just have – it feels like it. And Andy Reid feels like that coach right now who just is going to push all the pieces the right way. I know there's some other stuff going on there with his son and – it's just the Chiefs just have it. They've had it all year. I get why Derek's going the Bucks. I know why some people are starting to, to fade that, and the, 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 the point total has gone down over here a little bit. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs, guys, just because I think they're the rarity of a dynasty in the NFL. Uh, their quarterback is special. Their weapons on offense are special. The offensive line is a concern, and, and Tampa has the GOAT, right? I mean, there's no arguing. He's the most decorated and accomplished quarterback of all time. You can never count him out. And it's amazing that every time he gets one, it's like, is this the most impressive one for Tom Brady? So we could be talking about that afterwards. But I just think the Chiefs are another level. I I think they are the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. What that team was, the NBA for all those years, I think the Chiefs are uh, to the NFL. But I think it'll be a fun, fun game. All right, that'll do it at State Farm Center. 75-60 to 60 Illinois victory. They improve to 13-5 and five on the year, 9-3 and three in the Big Ten, all alone in second place, a half game ahead of Ohio State. And uh, I guess, what, how would you even – is it a half game behind Michigan, like .75 games behind Michigan? I'm not even sure how to calculate that because uh, they are 8-1. and one. Uh, But two losses behind Michigan, one uh, win ahead. So I think that's a half game, but I don't even know how to calculate that. Anyway, uh, everybody will have the latest on Illinois basketball. Piper will have a column on Kofi Coburn, I believe. we got player grades coming up. Joey will talk about the historic night that Io DeSumo have. And we'll have much more coming up at IlliniInquirer.com. Thanks for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. Everybody have a great Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.